Welcome to the Psycho Kitty Podcast. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, I am sitting here in the Bunker Studio with Sister Flora Goodtime, who I've had the great fortune to work with recently. Uh, if you've listened to the last episode when we talked with Midori, when we talked a lot about the Asian Art Museum uh, takeover night, uh, Sister Flora was the other hand in helping Midori run it and also did my amazing, if you had a chance to take a look on the web makeup that I was wearing. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very happy to be here. So besides helping me, helping me, Midori, helping Midori with, uh, or, you know, basically being the other hand of Midori taking over a museum and what do you, what do you consider your most famed? I mean, you, you're, you're all over the place. There's so many things to talk about. Like, what do I do? Yeah. Who do I do? <laughs> well, it could be a tell-all if you want. Uh, so I uh, produce major events like the Asian Art Museum. So much fun. Pink Saturday, which is a party that you may or may not have heard of in Castro, where we take over the streets for one night. Um, some other great parties, uh, which are no longer around, like Shamrock and Shenanigans I helped with. And just scandalous behavior. Just for a little while, right? Yeah, just for a couple of years <laughs> until they tore down the Rendezvous Club on Polk Street and turned it into a church. But I also uh, am a makeup artist. I have done Miss Universe, Miss USA. I worked with the celebrity judges on RuPaul's Drag Race for season three. Uh, and I also have my own website where I do freelance work. Excellent. And I, as I could definitely attest, I love the work that you, like, you made me wonderful. Oh, well, it wasn't hard. Aw, blush. <laughs> um, you're, uh, you've been doing a lot of work with, in San Francisco. Like, how long have you been involved with the, the San Francisco community? I moved to San Francisco when I was 17, and I really got involved with the community service and the community when I turned 21. And I feel like doors were easily opened. <laughs> Bar doors? Of age. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bar doors, back doors. <laughs> All doors. Um, so I actually figured out that um, one of the first nights for me in San Francisco about 10 years ago was Midori's uh, sainting by the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And as you are a member of that august body, you were there that night. I was, and it was amazing and magical. And that was my introduction to the sisters. Well, that's better introduction than mine. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Uh, it was a joke. Okay. Yeah. I thought there was something fun No, I, I actually found the sisters through hospice work uh, and going to a hospital and bringing medical marijuana to uh, a patient that was stuck in the hospital and they had been there for many weeks. That's not legal in 23 states. Is it? Well, it, <laughs> but it actually was barely legal in San yeah. Francisco at the time because <laughs> this was over a decade ago. Mm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I realized then and there that uh, this person was a patient uh, and then they also told me that they were a sister after us hanging out for many, many months and getting to know each other. And then I realized that the sisters was very similar to Boy Scouts. And I was a Boy Scout and a Sea Scout when I was a kid. And in case you don't know what Sea Scouts is, it's like Disney on ice, but Boy Scouts on water. <laughs> and uh, it's all about doing like community service and wearing a uniform yeah. and doing thankless work, which is very similar to being a sister. Though the uniform's just a little... You know, it's a little flashy. bit more fabulous. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, it's like when I you know, got a little bit into it and realized that, you know, the you can tell the region the sister is from by the wimple. Yes, by their headpiece. I think I love, I just thought that was brilliant. Some of them are brilliant and some of them are dangerous. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, I'm from Chicago originally. So the fact that the Wisconsin sisters use an actual cheese head as yes. the foundation of their wimple, I'm like. I think they have to wrap it for legal purposes. <laughs> you have to make the cheese stylish. Yes, yes. Throw some, throw some spices on it. So, um, I've also, um, I've I've been fortunate enough to have been a uh, speak at body storytelling a few times. I've even like one of the audience choice for the seventh anniversary show <laughs> and i hear you've gotten on board with that in a big way i have um i my very good friend dixie de la tour throws this amazing monthly party here in san francisco called body storytelling um it's usually held at the verde club and for those of you who don't know it is a storytelling event not a story reading event a storytelling event where you go on stage and for 10 minutes you bear your soul to 400 people in the audience that you can't see because the spotlights are so bright. And when you get done, you get tons of cheers and adulation for coming out and telling an, a naughty story. An honest, naughty story. I mean, you're like, you know, having been a storyteller with it, I know that's like you're telling your own story. You're telling. Yes. It's not somebody what, else's story. Yeah. This is what, this is what happened to me. And this is, this is how what much I, I enjoyed share. it. And this is what I want to share. <laughs> um, but, you know, Body isn't just in San Francisco. No, it's also, it's also in uh, L.A., it's in Portland, it's in Seattle. There's talk of it starting in Vancouver and London and mm. New York. Uh, there are people who constantly are writing Dixie and saying, hey, I've been doing something similar to this in my living room in Oslo. <laughs> and what do you do with Body? Uh, not only am I a storyteller and Dixie's makeup artist, mm -hmm. I also help I she looks so manage the house. Yeah, well, she looks damn good. So you manage the San Francisco house or do you go around? Um, it depends on what the budget is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely do the San Francisco show, but I have been known to help with the other shows in LA and possibly Portland and Seattle. Mm. And we're actually trying to uh, get money together and sponsorship to take body on the road across the United States and have people from small towns and big towns all over get on stage so, and come out and bear it all. I have this visual, visual of like a streamlined camper truck just going from small town to small town, opening up a giant yawning, setting up a stage and inviting, you know, just come on in townsfolk. I'm okay with bringing the soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she took the train recently back from the Seattle show and she's like, we're going to take this tour on the train. We need to get sponsorship by Amtrak. Oh, God. Like a whistle stop. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what are some of the fun people that, uh, that you've had on that stage? Oh, we've had everybody from Dan Savage of the Savage Hour, um, Midori, mm. yourself. Been, Midori's been in a few times. Midori's been in a few times. She's, she's a crowd favorite. She's got a lot of stories. <laughs> Many. She's got one for every theme. Uh, Reed Mahalko, if you don't know, the sex geek. He's been on quite a few times. He's a crowd favorite. He does the sex camp? He does. He does sex geek camp, summer camp. Summer camp. I've, I like, I saw that this past year, but because of the, like, cafe stuff, I wasn't able to get away for it. But that's something that, like, 
I don't know if he's doing that annually or if that was a one-time event, but that looked so, so good. I hope he does it annually because a lot of his campmates and mm-hmm. people who have come to the camp have come to the shows and they're all awesome. And they come from everywhere, from Missouri to Mississippi. Um, one of one of my podcast favorites, one of the people I kind of look up look up to and kind of you know model after is Sex Nerd Sandra. Oh, she's been on. Yeah, and she's, she's been good. on. It's like, and it's like oh. she tells she's actually getting ready to take over the LA show. Hopefully, fingers oh, crossed. Nice. I don't know if I'm wood. supposed to say that, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> you've heard it here first. This just is. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, ladies and gentlemen, and all kinksters at sea. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, and the body has been going, they're in their... Eighth year. Yeah. This is the eighth year in San Francisco, and I believe going on the third year in LA. So it has caught on. And it's, I, I, I can't really praise that event enough. It is such a welcoming group. It is, you know, like... I, I very much have it, my personal mission, my personal soapbox of advocating sexual acceptance and sexual diversity, and this is definitely one of the, a, an amazing event for that kind of feeling of, you know, you get to share the joy of somebody's sexual experiences on stage. Now, it may not be something that is personally tied into you. It may not be what gets you hard and, and, and uh, or wet, uh, wet. I was trying to avoid saying the M word. Um, but it's very easy to share in that joy without having to worry about the arousal. And that's one of the things I love about both speaking there, um, you know, as, and, and just, you know, being part of that audience and just, you know, like everyone there is all, is. Ver- I mean, you know, it's hard not to be supportive of in that, that, you know, sexy mob. Yeah, it's a house of love. It is. Yeah, and it's kind of educational. And, you know, sometimes it's very arousing. Mm-hmm. I have definitely been guilty of being in the back of the room on Grinder, listening to all these hot stories, <laughs> looking to make my own hot story. <laughs> I, got this, I got this energy now. I got to do something with it. Yes, yes. And um, there's a show coming up with Buck Angel. Mm. Uh, he, we, they just did a show, and I was down there in L.A. for this show called Trantastic. And he had Lady J, he had Ian Harvey, he had Venus Lux, he had all these amazing performers who came on stage. And it wasn't a traditional body where it was all sex, 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 sex. Mm-hmm. You know, by the, was it by the fourth minute? No, by the 10 minute stories, right? Yes. They're, they're, so, so there's six storytellers who tell a 10 minute story plus a musical guest. And so, you know, like by the eight minutes, somebody's fucking. <laughs> yeah. You got to be fucking and sucking by six minutes. Six minutes. Yeah. Exchanging numbers by two num- by two minutes and <laughs> squirting orgasms everywhere. That's the formula. But uh, but this fantastic show, yes, was a little different. It was a little different. It was there was some sex involved. So not all the stories are about sex. They're about sex. They're about kink. They're about gender. Um, some of them can be really sad. Some of them could be really educational. And this fantastic storytelling event was very powerful. Um, even though I don't identify as trans, you get to step into their feet for an hour and, and you know, getting an intimate view of their stories. Um, I mean, you get to find out like their reactions with their family while transitioning, um, mentally what it was like to go through with the hormones, uh, and the acceptance of themselves and 
figuring out that they were born in the wrong body and needed to fix this to be happy and go through with their lives. Uh, there were talks of um, acceptance with family, suicide, social uh, surrounding environment and people close to them. Um, but there were some really fun stories too. Yeah, yeah. But like, like any segment of the populace, you're going to have a, a spread. Yeah. And she tries to balance out the Dixie acts like a curator and really mm -hmm. balances out the storytellers and puts them in places that keep it interesting and flow and connect and help you not get bored. Yeah. I've, I admit I've only gone to the show once as an audience member because I'm spoiled. No, uh, <laughs> but still it's like it, I've, every time I've gone to the body, I've absolutely loved it. And, you know, high praise to Dixie. Yeah, yeah. She'd been doing it for se like six or seven years before I actually went to mm. my first show. And every month she's like, Flora, you need to come down and see this show. This is right up your alley. You need to come see this show. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And finally I went to a show in November and I played Bingo, which is a game that she has. It's kind of like bingo, but for perverts. <laughs> and you need to go through the audience and find different people in the audience who have done fill in the blank or who I've thought of doing fill in the blank. And once you find nine people to fill in your nine squares, you put your card into this box and she pulls names out for this raffle prizes and you get these amazing gift oh, bags from Lilo. Yeah. Lilo, whatever deal she got with Lilo is amazing because I always felt spoiled as a, you know, my participant gift as well as other things. Yeah. Participant gift, your VIP gift. And if you win bingo gift and, I, it was my first time there and I was a friend and I felt like it was kind of rigged and I didn't really deserve it. And I was sweating balls cause I wasn't in face and I had to go on stage, but I did it and it was awesome. And then the next month I told a story on stage. <laughs> that's, she says that's very common to very, you know, you come in once and then you're on stage next. You're, she's really good at coaching you whether to get on stage and how to get your story together. And going there is just so powerful that you're like, I have to add to this community. Yeah. And it's and it's really accepting and full of love, which is very attractive to me. Yeah, it's well, it's like I mean, I, I think you know, having worked with you, we have very similar uh, interests of like you know, just promoting acceptance and happiness and joy. Yes, yes. fuck the bullshit. <laughs> I say that. Yeah, oh gods, yeah. I, I already did. You can't really bleep it now. We can go back and bleep all we want, but we. I I have. You know, if we're, we're already talking about fucking and sucking. I don't think we're oh, going to worry true. about bullshit. Okay, good. <laughs> Is my mom listening? I don't know. <laughs> do we need to send it to her? Yeah, yeah please do. <laughs> she needs something to do in Idaho. Mm. Do, you, do you have a good relationship with your family? Or? Uh, I do. Uh, I, I'm very fortunate to now have a good relationship with my family. It was not always so. There's a little uh, work of acceptance there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, my family, I'm one of those nuclear kids where your parents divorce when you're young and one parent moves to Idaho and the other one stays in the Bay Area and then you have to make the choice, which is the worst thing to put on an 11-year-old. Mm. And then I make the choice and live with it for three years with an abusive stepfather and decide to come back to the Bay Area. Yeah, I, my parents divorced when I was 14. And so I was in a, this abuse. I was the abused the situation where 
you know, mom, I'm going to dad's, dad, I'm going to mom's, and I just went wherever I wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went to the neighbor kids. Yeah, pretty much. You yeah. Know. yeah. But uh, I, I too feel I'm very fortunate with family, so I've never had, I've never had to deal with any kind of abuse or anything. So it's every time I hear other friends of mine and and some of their horror stories, I really count my blessings and thank my family. Yeah, I, I thank my family sometimes. <laughs> I thank them for accepting me and not being as crazy as some people's yeah could be. I totally understand, and I've heard the horror stories. I've seen the horror stories with partners and their mm-hmm. families. But um, I, I got pretty lucky. My dad's really proud of the... They know about the sister thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was an, an initiate, my mother had come to some of our bingos that we used to hold at the MCC church in Eureka Valley. And uh, when we brought that back, they came to the first game, and my grandma came, mm-hmm. and my seven-year-old brother at the time came, and... It, it was fun. They really got a kick out of the makeup and the outfits and the free shit. Yeah, I mean, so what's what's not to be proud of the sisters? Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, and they get it. They understand that it's like community service. So you've also done a lot of amazing makeup work, as you were saying earlier before. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and not the brush. <laughs> no, no, I'm 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 just a makeup artist, not a magician. <laughs> no, it's like you've done like you know, working like. Some of the pageants and some of the TV shows. Yeah, I, I feel I'm, I'm a workhorse. And I, when I put my mind to something, I do it. Uh, I'm a self-taught makeup artist. I started when I was 18 at Macy's Union Square here in San Francisco, working at a cosmetics counter called Borghese, which is no longer around. I'm sure you can find their mud at Costco. <laughs> But uh, it was like skincare. They were really known for their muds and slightly known for their makeup. In the 80s, they were really known for their makeup because they were a conglomerate with CoverGirl. Mm. Um, but then in the late 90s and early 2000s, they kind of fizzled to nothing. And that's where I really got my start in makeup. Um, there was a few makeup artists that would come and work the counter. And they were internationally celebrated and renowned makeup artists. And I would just watch them and... I realized that I had a pretty good eye when people would come to the counter with a lipstick that was so old that the name was rubbed off the bottom and they just had a little bit at the bottom corner that you could take out with a Q-tip and spread on your lips and or spread on your hand and I could see the color and go, oh, that's Crimson Rose. I know what color that is. And then run and grab it. Uh, so I realized then and there that I had a pretty good eye for makeup and color. Uh, then I started working. Uh, I worked for Benefit for a little bit and... Then I got a really amazing job at a strip club here in the city where I worked seven days a week for 14 years doing stage and theater makeup and doing that as a freelance makeup artist and being my own boss, I was able to leave and work on other projects like Miss Universe, Miss USA. What were those like? Because I mean... Um, They call it pageant prison. Uh, it's one month of you going to like going to Miss Universe it is one month of you going to somewhere outside of the United States and you are constantly being wrangled there are 89 contestants and 16 makeup artists and you have exactly two and a half hours to get all of them done Um, and you're usually working in a casino or a lobby that is not meant for doesn't have the correct lighting or seating or tableage for getting the job done comfortably. Kind of like gr- gorilla work. Yeah, and you're working like 
18, 20 hours because you get there early, you get them ready, and then you stay on location for touch-ups. And then they have all their rehearsals and dress rehearsals, and they have their PR where they're going out into the local communities that are hosting the show and taking pictures at the zoo, taking pictures at the park. Here's Miss Bahamas on a beach. Here's Miss Brazil getting a wax. So would you then like have like a, a set assignment like you'd have like four or like, you know, whatever the, the cut is and you work with the same women or would it just like grab wherever you were needed and moved around? At the beginning, it's kind of like grab wherever you're needed and move around. And then after a while, the girls start to trust you and they see the work that you do. And then they kind of fight for the different makeup artists, mm. which is not always good because it makes some people upset and feel less than. Right. And because you can only help so many people. You know, you, there's only yeah, so much you got time. two and a half hours. And I could probably, I usually pumped out about nine to 11 girls in two and a half hours, which is really fast. Uh, and then you, and then they have the show and the day of the show, um, after, cause we're there a month early to do the lookbook and the program right. and all of their PR, all their green screen interviews, everything yeah. that they need for the filler when the show is actually live air. And then when it's live air, you have three minutes to touch people up off stage after they found out that they're not in the top 15 and you've got 60 something faces that you need to powder because they've been crying their eyeliner off oh. and still have to go back on stage after the commercial break. <laughs> and there's only 16 of you, you said? I, I think it's 20? like top 15. No, I mean, uh, makeup. oh, makeup artists? Yes. There's about 16, I think 16 to 18 when I did, did it. And like, how long ago was this? Uh, I did from 2009 to 2013 or 12. A few years of, of putting yourself through pageant prison. Yeah, it was great. I got to go to Brazil. I went to Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, which are not close to each other at yeah. all, especially if you're taking a bus. I mean, we're talking like the you know the San Francisco to Portland distance here. Uh, it's it's like San Francisco to possibly Palm Springs. Okay, it's it's like nine hours, mm. but. It's a frightening as fuck nine hours because you are going on a mountainside with a cliff that is very sheer without any guardrails and they're going 75 miles an hour around these hairpin turns with a road that is barely wide enough for our sprinter van. <laughs> and it's a two-way road. So you enjoyed Brazil. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. The food was awesome. Uh, we had to have... Uh, interpreter with us at all times who was also a bodyguard who carried a gun because everywhere in Brazil has, or at least in Sao Paulo, has guards that are armed in front of the businesses and houses and apartment buildings. And it was kind of scary. That doesn't, yeah, that sounds... And, and of course, the people who are like in charge of wrangling you try to instill fear in you so that you don't wander far from the group. Uh, you've got to be chaperoned at all times. The girls are chaperoned. They have cameras set up. They rent a Miss Universe rents an entire floor for the girls to be in, and they're paired by their languages, and their chaperones are also paired with them by whatever language they speak. And um, it could be seven girls per chaperone being pushed here and there. Um, they're not allowed to smoke cigarettes or be photographed with a can of soda or beer in their hand. They're not allowed to drink alcohol. They're not allowed to really like communicate with the outside world for a, an entire month. Oh, wow. No Instagram? No, no. Well, uh, they might get Instagram. I don't know. It, it might change. I know the last year I was there, they were sponsored by 
some company that gave them blackberries. They all got blackberries and HD camera, handheld cameras, and other fun things. So, I mean, there's definitely compensation for this prison. Yeah, it's it's worth it. It's totally worth it. (laughs) And, like, were you there after the event that you got to relax a little bit, or did you just have to, hey, we're done and head back? Yeah, we're done shooting, time to go home. Mm. Kind of how it is. You're there for work. We got, like, a few nights off here and there, but it's pretty much work, work, work. We had the, the, the four days to go to Rio de Janeiro, and while we're in Rio de Janeiro, we're doing PR because we, I, I was sponsored by Krylon Cosmetics, which mm. is a global professional makeup artist company. Um, they make really high-grade cosmetics and uh, stuff for theater and stage and film. Uh, they revolutionize HD makeup and airbrush makeup and body paint and anything that you may need. Krylon can get it for you. <laughs> Um, this and, episode sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they're they're the ones who hire me and fly me out to help with the makeup and teach classes and, and things. And so with like the universe Miss Universe pageant, was this something that you've like decided that you didn't want to do again? No, they just stopped sponsoring it because they didn't want to pay. Um, every year, Miss Universe wanted more and more money for the cosmetic mm. company to sponsor it, much like Drag Race. Um, Krylon only sponsored season three because they wanted more and more money and they wanted more and more product and they're a German based company. So, okay. Well, that, this is enough. Thank you. Yeah. 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 You get, you, you get the, you get the artists for free and you get all their product that they bring, but we don't really want to give you money, <laughs> which is understandable, I guess. And so like dr- drag race, I assume was a different experience. Uh, yeah, Drag Race is a different experience. It's um, it's shot in L.A., so everybody speaks English. And I didn't have a chaperone. Uh, I was one of three makeup artists, and the other two actually lived in L.A., so they got to go home and hang out with their friends. And It was one of those things where I worked every other day instead of every single day, which is nice, except for the fact that I was stuck in L.A. some L.A. in some shitty little hotel that was not walking distance to the studio, and... I was very fortunate that it didn't have bed bugs. And you're, you know, isolated from, from peoples, like you're, you know, like you, like you said, the other two are like local, where you had, like, I mean, I don't know if you have a lot of friends down in LA or. I, I have friends in LA. We also have an order of sisters. Oh, true, true. We're everywhere. everywhere. We are everywhere. And when we were also in Vegas, uh, I did a month in Vegas for Miss Universe and Miss USA, and I would go out and do sister events after working Miss Universe and Miss USA. Like two hours and then do it all over again. So, actually, it brought up the question of like, what does a the sisters calendar look like, like for the Bay Area? Like, what, how much stuff is is there going on? Well, you know, you, you, we've got about a hundred members, so there's always something going on. People always say, "Oh, what are the sisters doing next?" And I'm like, "Well, you just need to know the sisters and mm-hmm. look at our calendar and see what's going on, because there are so many things that are official and unofficial that we do, like." Body is an unofficial event, but I'm always there in face. Right. And I'm always trying to get nuns to come, and occasionally some show up. Um, yeah, it's true. I've seen them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard not to spot us with the <laughs> white face and rhinestones. And giant wimples. And giant wimples. Yeah, I, I went to um, male Catholic high school. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was an experience. It, it's formative. And I went to a Catholic grade school. So, like, you know, the whole religious uh, uniform 
Mm. And the perversion of a religious uniform, I absolutely adore. <laughs> oh, tell me more about this perversion of your uniform. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like the, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have taken the classic nun's outfit and made it... It's a habit. It's not an outfit. Oh. It's not a costume either. It's a habit. Oh. It's a bad habit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, we coincidentally started because we were donated these nun habits from mm. these nuns in Michigan. Um, they... Some radical fairies from the Midwest were moving to San Francisco and they also did theater performance and they told this mission of nuns that they were doing a version of The Sound of Music in San Francisco and if they had any nun habits laying around and it just so happened that they saved some of the habits from some sisters who had passed on to the next realm. Mm. And so one day on Easter Sunday, these radical fairies were hanging out in San Francisco and thought it's Easter Sunday, what should we do? Oh, well, let's just, we got these 12 nun habits laying around in the closet. Let's throw them on and go outside and go bar crawling. And they noticed the response from the community was very overwhelming and very powerful. And people were coming up to them saying, what are you doing? Because one's a freak, two's a party, and 12 is a happening. <laughs> well, like, one thing I learned from doing some uh, guerrilla theater, like, I've done what we thing called the clown train back in Chicago. So imagine you're riding in the train subway and a clown gets on. Next stop, another clown and another clown and another clown. So finally you look around and you know, there's like a dozen clowns in the car and they're all just commuting. They're not interacting. Yeah, that's the very much like the Cacophony Society that yeah, started it, here in San Francisco. They did something similar at the clown bus. Yeah, and, and then afterwards, you know, this was back in Chicago, so this was, you know, when I was 10 years, 11 years ago, but... There's nothing more socially powerful than a gaggle of clowns. I can't imagine how much powerful, more powerful that is if you um, ratchet it up a, a notch to nuns. To clown nuns? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely frightening for some people because they have that white face fear. Mm. It's a real thing. And then they have people who have the nun fear, so it's like a double whammy for some. Yeah. There's some serious nuns that earn that fear, though, I, let me tell you. Yes, it's a damn fear. So um, another thing back in Chicago, I was... Uh, I used to go to Short Mountain every year for uh, May Day. I have never been. I've always wanted oh. to go. And for those listening, it, uh, Short Mountain is a radical ferry retreat in Tennessee. And it's basically this gorgeous chunk of land with that's made... I mean, like, I've only been there for May Day, which is a large radical ferry gathering. And... With a giant maypole. With a giant fabric maypole. hanging down and people jerking off into a hole. Oh, the whole nine yards. It is, and it is gorgeous. I mean, yeah, that's where I got introduced to drag mitten. Okay. And, and I didn't, I wasn't playing it right because I took it, I went down on a knee. It's like, no, no, not the dress. You got to be mindful of those facts. I know. But grass stains. <laughs> it's a green dress. <laughs> Short Mountain's beautiful and there's also, uh, a new one, I believe. It's up mm. north. Um, somebody's going to yell at me who's listening mm. to this because <laughs> I can't think of it right now. Uh, brain fart. Oh, it's all right. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll, not, we'll not focus on it. No, relax. No, no. We'll yeah, come yeah. back later. Yeah, totally. But I mean, you know, it's definitely like, you know, going to the short mountain retreats and getting involved is, all, you know, you know, the whole concept of acceptance comes very much from my experiences there and you know, like there's very few things as emotionally powerful as a heart circle and 
I realized, you know, just, I'm sitting here right now realizing, you know, this is something that was really powerful for me and, and it was, you know, very much a part of my life in Chicago. And I've really not connected to that here. I mean, you know, besides just like stopping in every pride at the fairgrounds fairy and just saying hi and stuff like that, I just have not, connect, have not connected to it here. Hmm. Sounds like something you need to work on because there are yeah. fairies abound. There are fairies everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You throw a stick and hit a fairy. <laughs> They I mean, just go yeah. poof into glitter. I mean, I just I'm just thinking about the, you know like my experiences and the things I've gotten involved in, and you know like I've definitely thrown myself all into the king community here. You know, giving them a coffee house to play in. Mm, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, uh, I just had uh, so I think I've talked about this last time, but just you know the I'm still adjusting to the not being the ringleader for the for Wicket Grounds anymore. You know, the beginning of the, the this year, uh, January 2015, I stepped back from being the active owner and or managing owner, and now I'm just kind of like, as I call it, the, the grandpa grandparent owner, where I get to come in, spoil it a little bit, and then walk out, and Mir and Mo take care of all the, the stressful, busy work. <laughs> Thank you. But, it's, it, but, you know, there's still a lot of, like, you know, for five years, that was the torch I carried, and, and I must make sure this lasts, and, and now I'm like, it's not as um it's not my torch to carry but it's also a lot lighter now not to carry that torch yeah and the fire is still burning yeah it's still happening without you you can let go i, I can come in get my coffee the space exists and, and all is good yeah but yeah just, just yeah that's good it's, it, you know not to give myself a hard time for not getting connected to the fairies but i've been doing stuff <laughs> you have I've i've seen you out you get you get out of the house sometimes. Once or twice, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, this past Tuesday, I did a class at the Citadel on fetish games. I mentioned this earlier. We were walking in and just, you know, the whole idea of here's some silly, wacky things to do with other people that are adults, but it's also very adult and very fun. <laughs> very fun and very consenting. Yes, and and you know, because I like laughter in dungeons. Yeah, who doesn't? Unless they're got a gag in their mouth, it's well, really hard to laugh in the dungeon. I mean, it all gag. depends on the scene. You know, like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's the not, scene. yeah, that. yeah. laughter is not required. Same as screams and sighs are not required. No, whatever, whatever works. Yeah, whatever tickles your pickle. <laughs> Even if it is walking in full clown outfit, I, I love it. I like seeing other people's reactions more than my own reaction. <laughs> I enjoy the occasional straight guy looking at me and realizing that he's checking out a clown guy instead of a clown girl. A little voyeuristic there? Yeah, yeah. I enjoy these memes. <laughs> I'm not going to be hiding in the bushes. I'm going to be out and proud. Yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, like, like that actor gene or performer gene or that whole, like, pay attention to me gene. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain people that are, like, very happy to be, you know, I'm just, I'm, I got the back set. I'm okay. And then there's people like, look at me, look at me. Yeah, there's definitely stage nuns and business nuns. <laughs> Business nuns like to do the behind-the-scenes work and make sure they go to all the meetings with City Hall and get the permits done for Pink mm. Saturday and make sure that everything's running smooth with our lawyers and our articles of incorporation. And those are... that. I mean, having gone through a brick-and-mortar business with the cafe, that is some scary stuff. Yeah, I don't want to do it. That, and it's like all the little details and all the little departments you have to work with and all the, you know... Like, everything's okay with this department, but you're still screwed because this department hasn't heard from you yet. And yeah. I just want to show up and look pretty. 
Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm good at that. Speaking of showing up and looking pretty, we've got a bingo coming up mm-hmm. on April 23rd in Oakland at Jack London Square. It's called Drag Me to Bingo, and it has been sold out the last three months that we've hosted. Uh, and it's really, really fun. But what is what's the makes this different for than a, like a just regular bingo night? It's being hosted by drag nuns that, by, by the sisters. So it just that's what makes it different. We, we just, it, if your ridiculous. cell phone goes off, we're going to pick you out of the audience. We're going to stop the game, and we will spank you <laughs> unless you bribe us with money for charity. <laughs> And then if you're not so fortunate to bribe us with money for charity, we will then get money from other people. So it's $10 per whack. <laughs> or we'll do the Dauber game. We'll do a Dauber makeover. And make you uh, make all the fellow participants who had to hear your phone go off and be ashamed by your Britney Spears music <laughs> ringtone uh, and daub the hell out of you with our non-toxic water-soluble daubers. Sounds perfect for the person that likes the embarrassment center of attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can be the center of attention and be embarrassed at the same time and slightly humiliated. We have a munch for that at the cafe, too. There's a humiliation munch. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. I don't believe in shame or guilt, but humiliation I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. You know, having fun playing with embarrassment as opposed to, you know, consensually playing with embarrassment. Yeah, actually, uh, it was uh, Sister Maple Syrup who's oh. the one that blessed the cafe when we first opened. Yes. I actually had my first meeting with her, one of my first meetings with her, at the because I was mistress of novices at the time, which is the position, it's our vice president position, and it's also the person who brings them in or takes them out. And um, one of your jobs is to meet with potential freaks who want to join this club of freaks. And mm-hmm. I remember meeting her and a couple others at Wicked Grounds it was a safe space and it was kinky and kind of like showed another side of them which was nice and the waffles were pretty good oh yeah I, I, the uh waffle maker is sick right now we, got, we might have to replace put it down, put it out to pasture and get another one <laughs> you need to call the waffle doctor so um i've got i mean it's like in the five years i've worked that we go through a waffle maker about once a year mm. and this is just one of those weird things because like because they're made in china at uh, Waring, I think is. It? Oh, they make the best. The one that flips over. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I have one of those. So at home. they're a good waffle maker, yeah. but they don't make spare parts for it. No, you have to buy an all new one. You have and to buy an all new one. Create landfill waste. Grr. I mean, it's like I, I still have a claim ticket in my pocket from the waffle maker I brought to. There's, there's a there's a real great uh, restaurant rep, equipment repair shop right around the corner from the cafe. I mean. The more I open the cafe, or the more time with the cafe, the more I realize how much little different businesses are in the area. Just you know, I, I love someone. But so it's just around the corner, and across the street, is a repair shop for uh, restaurant equipment. I bring in my waffle maker. It's like, oh right, yeah, okay, give me a claim check. And you know, a week goes by, nothing happens. A week, another week, I go in and check on it. It's like, yeah, um, so we we contacted Waring, and they're being really slow as far as parts go it's like all right they come back the next week it's like yeah warring just refuses to send us parts you're just gonna have to build to buy a new one and i'm like all right i wish i had realized this before because i could have saved the other three dead waffle makers maybe we have enough scrap parts together to build the transformer waffle maker it's alive alive i tell you because but right now we're waffleless because design opulescence 
And those things aren't, you know, the industrial ones, those, those aren't cheap. No, no. I mean, those, and go through. And they're not light either. Yeah, and go through one of those a year. No bueno. Grr. They don't like big corporations and their schemes for Grr. making money. Because I'm not making any money. <laughs> They're getting in the way of my ability to make money. No, I've... One of the reasons why we started carrying waffles is just because we could. Um, and we played around a little bit with... Because uh, the waffles we carry are vegan waffles. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, no animals were harmed in the making of no, these waffles. No, no animals were waffled. But um, we did try like yeast waffle originally, and it was disastrous. Mm. Just because they would rise in the bucket, and you open the bucket, it would just explode, or it would explode overnight. And we had spent so many times cleaning up coolers. They do that, and so we gave up on on non-vegan waffles, just because we could, the vegan waffles were more manageable. Mm. I love waffles, especially chicken. Mm. Mm. I don't think we do. Do we have a chicken waffle? No, I don't think we have a chicken waffle. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, we, with, without any waffles, we have no waffles to waffle. No. I'll stick with the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm a little caffeine sensitive. Mm? It might make me a little crazy. So early in the day caffeine? Yeah, I can't have caffeine after five o'clock. Otherwise, I stay up until four in the morning looking for sex and jerking off. Yeah, I've uh, built up an immunity to caffeine for some strange reason. I don't know where that came from. I hate for when you go through the DTs later. Yeah, the headache. I, I've been thinking about that. You know, should I do a you know the purge of ca- of a caffeine cleanse? A caffeine cleanse. You know that means other things in other communities. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about the coffee enema? I have, of course. I run a kinky coffee shop. Okay, I wasn't sure if people were hitting you up for grinds or not. We've had a couple of people hit up for grinds, yeah, but we um. Actually, I've had more people you come in for grinds for gardening than anything nefarious. Oh, oh nice. Because, you know... You can grow mushrooms in coffee grinds. Mm. Supposedly really good for garden stuff. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Nice acidic. Help with the pH. Mm. You know, gardening science. Mm, science is sexy. <laughs> science is sexy. Oh, the, which, which actually reminds me, there's an event coming up May 10th, which I've asked you to help me on. Yes, um, I will be there. Oasis on May tenth. I will be hosting the Dirty Talk Game Show premiere, where uh, our good friend sister Flora, sister Flora, good time. Yours truly. Uh, another friend of mine, Noreen, Johnny Turrent, and what made me think of this was Miles Tour, who is a scientist. Oh. Um, He's one of my friends from Odd Salon, who's spoken a lot of times there. He's a great public speaker. And the reason why I thought he'd be good for this is he gave a talk recently on the uh, sex in space, the history of sex in oh. space, and what, what all has happened so far in orbit, more than just uh, Russian geckos. Wow. People have sex in space? There's nothing uh, officially released yet, but I'm sure. International Space Station, come on. I think about a bunch of hot guys in jumpsuits. Floating mm. around. Bouncing off each other. Yeah. Do they need to bring out that special little vacuum at the end? Or uh sucks things out of the air. You know, you use some kind of elastic straps for uh since you don't have enough <laughs> keeping you together. Yeah, you gotta keep together <laughs> to bounce off of each other and you can't you know, you can't just you know, otherwise one thrust and then the other person's in the next room. <laughs> 
You definitely can't use those single-use lube packets. <laughs> things would just be going flying all over that space station. Oh, man, who, who wants to clean up that mess? Uh, not me. I don't want it to begin with. Uh, so the four of you will be joining us to, as the panelists to talk dirty against the clock and against each other. Well, I hope I could be the filthiest. <laughs> I should have some kind of crown for that. That's a great idea. Who? I'll get the audience to choose who's the filthiest. We can get the golden cock ring. I was thinking of a tiara. Oh, the tiara is good. Yeah, but that's not so sexy. I could do. I could decorate a, a tiara. Oh, okay, okay. But I mean, you gotta, I mean, you got to make sure it's something that everyone will be proud to wear once they get it. Yes, because I'm sure the scientist is going to look great in the lab coat and a tiara. Oh, I should ask him to wear a lab coat. He's a, a geologist. Oh, uh, I said it'll be a dirty lab coat. Yeah, it's going to be covered in dirt. <laughs> Oh, that could be fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Noreen's. Uh, I don't know if you know Noreen. She's a former Miss S SF Leather. Oh, and, exciting! Uh, very much in the boot black community. Oh, I she, should bring my boots. She does. Uh, she does uh, sets up a boot black station at Banjagogo every Wednesday. Oh, Banjagogo is great. Mm. Although I haven't been in a very long time. Like how long? Like venue, a couple venues ago, a long time, or just you know, like a couple months. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I uh, so I've my first apartment in San Francisco I got because I was the only person that responded to the Craigslist ad that knew what the glass cat was. Oh. And it was like a block away from the glass cat. And so I started going. That's back when Death Guild and Bunch Gogo were in the same club. And I started going, and then uh, early on, like in that three-month period before that apartment burned down, uh, at Bonjagogo one night, I won a uh, VIP pass. Ooh. And so I started going there regularly, and then that VIP pass, like uh, it took them forever to actually give me the card for it. And then once the card, you know, I'd, the bouncers and stuff knew me enough that, you know, like I've been welcome at Bonjagogo ever since. So that's been like my replacement nightclub for Neo, which was where I cut my teeth in nightclubbing in Chicago. Mm. Like my first night was a, uh, I was 17 for a Betty Page night. Ugh. And I got in on somebody's speeding ticket because you could get in on the speeding ticket back then. Whoa. Didn't have, you know, I don't have my driver's license. I got a speeding ticket. Oh. oh, sure. Come on in. Can I get in with the Costco card? <laughs> this is before Costco. You know, back when I was 17, just a little bit under. But, uh, so I've been, you know, back's kind of, Banjagogo is kind of like my nightclub home. It's like my big social of the week. And Noreen has been an amazing boot black there for close to a year now, over a year. Okay. I don't know. We'll have to ask her. We will, it'll be a question. I, I, I do plan to have a few subjects, uh, for the game show, that'll be a little bit um, easy for us retarded ones. Not, uh, I guess that's how I get word for us less than intelligent ones. Uh, it wasn't more like guided is what I was looking at. It was like, you know, this oh. one is like, you know, this one is like, I definitely am going to put a sex in space. Okay. And, but anyone can steal the, the subject. The answer is rubber band. No, no, you have to. So the, the <laughs> concept of the game is that you have to talk for 60 seconds. Hmm. Without hesitation, repetition, or deviation. Fantastic. No ums, ands, or uh. Right. Well, otherwise they'd steal the time from you. Oh. So it might be your subject, but if you, you know. 
install. If you, if you, you know, say rubber band twice, and that's not the subject card, you might lose your time. What if I have a natural stutter because I get stage fright? And this might not be the right game. Oh, I'm totally going to win. <laughs> I'm going to intimidate all of them. It'll be the, the white face nun power. Totally. Beware of the clown. <laughs> you ever see it? Yeah, I'll float down here. You'll float too. Well, besides uh, coming into my game show, what else do you got coming up? What some things are you working on? Um, Transtastic. I've already talked about that with Buck yeah. Angel and body storytelling. Um, I am currently in the works of hosting a karaoke night. Mm. Uh, one night at the Stud and one night at Oasis. I like Oasis. Uh, it's it's pretty nice. I I went there recently for Sex in the City. And Hecklina and Miss Darcy Drollinger have done a great job with that space. Oh, that, yeah. I, I'm so happy that they're letting me do my game show there because it's really, I think, a good fit. Yeah. It's a sexy space. And it's got those lights around the stage, which are called a persimmon or persimmon. Mm. I, don't, I don't know the word. I know persimmon is something you eat. Yeah. But it's close to persimmon. But it's those fancy stage lights that are right. on the outside. The, um, if you ask there's, Heclina, persenium, there's she like knows. the persenium. There you go. Persenium light? Persenium. Persenium. Okay. Right. It's got those too. It's got all of the above. <laughs> it's got all of that and whistles and bells. It's got everything you want and a blowjob in the bathroom. <laughs> With amazing stalls where the door goes from floor to ceiling. Mm. So and they're I'm... unisex. Mm. So and they're pretty big and spacious. In case you hint, hint, wink, in case you need a wink. little extra room when you're uh, in the back. Yeah, in case you're wearing a hoop skirt. <laughs> Your hoop skirt doesn't turn into a poop skirt. You. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a great stage. It's got a, a nice, spacious green room, so I don't have to elbow people for mm -hmm. mirror space. Uh, and they've got the little tiny fez room as well as the like main stage area. So keep your fingers crossed for a karaoke action happening there. Do you have a, some... a name for this night? Sing Till It Hurts. <laughs> Being the sadist that I am, I, uh, I, I, don't, I guess I'm also a masochist because I'm a horrible singer. <laughs> but because I'm a horrible singer, therefore I am a sadist and I continue to sing for people. Um, See, I always believed in karaoke the way the Japanese intended it, in a small room with your friends and bottomless alcohol. I mean, this is a small room. It's it's bottomless alcohol as long as you're paying. Yeah. And if you uh, drink enough, they could all be your friends. <laughs> I'll be your friend if you buy me a drink. <laughs> it's that easy. And then we'll sing together as long as it's not Sweet Caroline. <laughs> What's wrong with Sweet Caroline? Just overdone? Somebody else can do it. Okay. And they usually do. <laughs> Several times? All, all the time. Yeah. Don't Stop Believing. That's another good one. That you hear quite often with groups. I think the only thing I'd be good for karaoke is Rainbow Connection. Oh, that's that's good. I haven't heard that in a while. I enjoy C is for Cookie, Sesame <laughs> Street. But then I changed the C's to other things other than Cookie, like C is for condom, C is for cocaine, C is for crotch. Just a few C's. Not the not your uh, Sesame Street C's. No. 
So uh, how close is this to, like, we're talking, like, next month? Uh, I cannot say. I, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I'm waiting it's for in the it. works. Yeah, it's in the works. There's there's a show that happens on Wednesday nights hosted by Dottie Lux, and it's the Red Hot Review. Mm-hmm. And it's a burlesque dance thing that happens in the main stage area. Uh, and hopefully, um, while that is happening, you can... Um, Come and sing some karaoke because I know that Dottie Lux enjoys some karaoke. And you'll be taking over the Fez room, hopefully. Taking over the Fez room and having some uh, action in there while there's other action happening in the other room. Well, when I was first talking to Heklina about doing the Dirty Talk game show, one of her thoughts was having me in that Fez room. Oh. So I'm glad I, I stuck to my gun saying no, I want the big room. So that way. Yeah, the big room would be better for yeah. a large crowd. Although that small room does have a little balcony area, mm-hmm. projector. Pretty soon they'll be having rooftop access. Yeah, I believe that's opening up in May is the rooftop. So you can go out there and smoke whatever it is you want to smoke and get some oxygen and have a whole another party on the roof. That's going to be fun and awesome. Yeah. Oh my. You know that space used to have a pool inside of it? No. Yeah, downstairs in the main stage area where all the seats are Mm -hmm. used to be an indoor pool. What was the space? They had crazy... I, I can't remember the name. Because there's I mean, a lot of. I mean, like, what things. was it, the function of it that it had the pool? It was, it was a club that had a pool. A <laughs> it was a club that had a pool, and then the dance space above the pool that was the roof. Mm. It was like the the weekend party joint. That sounds pretty wild. I've heard of lots of fun parties and things happening there. Um, I, yeah, I'm really glad she she's got that space up and going. It's it's worth checking out and the shows that they're getting there are pretty awesome. They're getting lots of girls from RuPaul's Drag Race and Sherry Vine and um, doing the Sex in the City and um, Mother's Mother which is formerly known as Tranny Shack which is not PC anymore which is why they now have Mothership instead of Tranny Shack Reno mm. which is fantastic. It happens over Easter weekend. I probably shouldn't be plugging it because I'm a sister. <laughs> And we have something going on that same weekend, which is our anniversary party. But people don't refer to it as the sister's anniversary party. They refer to it as the Hunky Jesus Contest. Mm-hmm. That was that was just this last... It was just last weekend. Yeah. It was. It was um, It was beautiful, I heard, in the park. I heard it rained earlier in the day. While it was raining down here, it was snowing over Donner Pass. Mm. So imagine being in a tour bus full of snow bunnies with a mile-high wigs. And lashes for days. It was quite a scene. It was fun. Yeah. I, I skipped Easter in the Park for the first time in 14 years and joined the mothership to Reno with Heclina, Peaches Christ, LOL McPherson, and Sue Casa as our hosts. And occasionally Lady Bear when she wasn't snoring. <laughs> or sitting in the bathroom. <laughs> as one does. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I actually got to meet uh, Peaches Christ for the first time when... Uh, she was on the Wicked Grounds podcast, mm. the predecessor of the Psycho Kitty podcast. Mm. And that was, actually, I think it was because of that meeting that got me into thinking and got me to go to Hecklina going, can I please use your club, please? I want to put on a show. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Peaches is amazing. Mm-hmm. She's one of our saints. Mm. Saints are uh, people in the community who do the work of sisters without the recognition or... Um, wanting to deal with all the bullshit of having our meetings and actually having to function and work with us. And so we like to acknowledge these people in our communities who um, do this work as saints. Uh, Dixie is also a saint. Mm-hmm. So as is Buck Midori. Angel. And Midori. 
there's there's lots of uh, saintly people out there. Mm. Careful who you flip off and you cut them off. <laughs> Even if they are driving a Prius. Priuses aren't bad in themselves. No, no, no. Just most of their drivers. <laughs> most of their drivers. And I always found uh, Prius drivers can can vary a lot more than like you know like an Audi driver. You know right away. Asshole drivers. Oh, oh, is Audi short for asshole? Yeah, standard uh, inclusion is uh, extreme privilege. Mm. We don't know anything about privilege in San Francisco. No, no, no. Not at all. No. Never touch the stuff. (laughs) I I haven't either by accident, by design or not by choice. I don't know. I've always gone through these weird routes instead of going for the, the taking privilege in hand. I mean, I admit, I I still have considerable, you know, white male privilege, but I've never like gone for the the Audi. <laughs> Thank you for not going the Audi route. Yeah, I'm more of an any than an Audi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've we've been uh, chatting for a while. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. It has. Any, anything else you want to add on the outgo? On the Audi? <laughs> Go forth and sin some more. What's the, that would be my words of wise. But sin in, involves a lot of, um, you know, senses of guilt. You can, you can have fun without being sinful. Uh, you, you, can, you can be sinful without having fun, too. True, sure. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it should be fun. It should yeah. go hand in hand. That's kind of like this podcast. It was yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Throwing the party at the Asian Art Museum was oh, really that, fun. That was an amazing night. I, it is going to be a long time till I have a night that tops that. Uh, it's going to be a long time till the Asian Art Museum tops that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the, that show's still up till uh, Food of the Month. Is the it? seduction. I still haven't gone to see it. Yet. I need to see it as well. You know, well, we were so busy that whole night wrangling and putting out fires that. Uh, and the line, you know, the line into the exhibit was so huge that there's like I, I just couldn't like. Let me cut through and cut through. Your white privilege wasn't letting you cut through yeah. the line. And I mean, I, I'm there. sure I could have done performer privilege, like, but I didn't. Yeah, flash a badge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I didn't do that. I didn't take advantage of the food either, which is a downfall on my part. I made sure I hit up the, the, the great food provided. Oh, well, the absinthe afterwards was mm. made up for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And uh, stay tuned for the next Psycho Kitty podcast coming out shortly. Thank you and good day. <laughs>